Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hotcakes, though? Mm, I want some hotcakes. Now here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show. We've got an interesting set of games coming up in the World Cup uh, knockout stages. So I'm going to go through the round of 16 matches and kind of give you my thoughts and uh, proper bets to play. Uh, Coming up uh, shortly, we've got the opening matchup between France and Argentina. And this one's a very interesting uh, mix here because, again, you've got a France squad that has more than enough attacking talent to win the tournament, hasn't really shown it. And then you've got Argentina, which was essentially a hot mess uh, throughout the entire group stage, barely made it in because Nigeria couldn't string together three passes uh, in the second half and ended up uh, uh, conceding at at the tail end. Uh, But, uh, you know, Argentina got the win against Nigeria. You know what? I got to give them credit. Uh, But... uh, I, I thought Nigeria should have had that matchup, but to, to be perfectly frank, for the bulk of the uh, 90 minutes. But anyway, uh, kind of going into uh, the matchup here, uh, realistically, you've got two squads that uh, have not really done all that much in terms of an attacking standpoint. Uh, just because of the uh, two squads, France has been even more disappointing than Argentina, in my opinion. Uh, realistically, uh, both squads have scored three goals in the six games. Uh, uh, so they scored three goals each in the six games uh, between them. So, you know, obviously not exactly awe-inspiring numbers here. Uh, but uh, what we can expect, I would say, is a turnover fest because uh, it looks as though uh, Argentina by virtue of Messi basically being the coach, is uh, selecting uh, uh, Angel Di Maria for the squad and is dropping Gonzalo Higuain, a hero of Germany, by the way, but uh, uh, just off of the mishaps he had consistently in the World Cup final last year against Germany. I'll I'll talk about Germany in a bit in that flameout, but uh, uh, yeah, so in terms of Higuain's out, uh, Di Maria... Uh, is in uh, the starting 11 for Argentina, which is playing a false nine with Messi. Essentially, uh, the false nine, uh, for those of you who don't know, is when the uh, there is no set of central striker and you're playing a bunch of midfielders. So 
essentially your midfielders are playing a more advanced attacking position, but they're going to drop further back in the midfield. Uh, the thought process being is that it becomes harder for the defensive players to actually pick up uh, the midfield players uh, because uh, basically the center uh, the center uh, uh, backs uh, are not necessarily marking uh, the false nine uh, properly uh, just because they're dropping so far back. Both center backs are kind of in no man's land. So it, it becomes a case of uh, somebody's got to figure out uh, who's going to pick up uh, whom in, uh, in the attacking third uh, when the run-up play happens. So uh, which it tends to happen in the false nine is that it creates opportunities for shooting angles. So, uh, I mean, I can see why Di Maria's in the lineup uh, just from a passing standpoint. And Di Maria does have a decent shot, but obviously Argentina's going to be trying to be creating angles for uh, deeper shots uh, against uh, t- uh, taking shots against Hugo Lloris, uh, the uh, French goalkeeper. But, uh, you know, they're going to be trying to create angles and hoping that France does not engage them further out. So you're going to have deeper shots uh, being taken. So that's the that's the thought process uh, behind the false nine. But uh, in terms of uh, the defensive matchups, uh, basically you've got uh, – uh, so with the false nine, uh, Argentina is playing uh, four defenders in the back, three in the midfield, three up top. But again, with false nine, you're basically uh, it, it's like a, it's basically a, just like dropping uh, your uh, midfielders uh, in, into the depths, and then on the attacking third, uh, the build up of play, uh, they're uh, they're they're going to try to do some little sneak attacks and create angles for uh, deeper, wider shots. Uh, France, uh, they're going to go with the more traditional 4-2-3-1. So uh, 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 Olivier Giroud is the lone striker up top. Uh, you've got uh, Griezmann, uh, Kieran Mbappe, who's uh, an absolute stud, and uh, uh, Matuti uh, as the other midfielder. Uh, Kante and Pogba uh, in central midfield uh, as two matchups. And, uh, you know, in terms of... Uh, Mbappe, uh, he would be the focal point I would look at here, just in terms of his overall speed. Griezmann, also a tricky offensive player. He's he's a, essentially what you would call a poacher in terms of goals. Uh, Giroud, always good on set pieces. You, you really can't uh, fault him at all uh, when he's on the pitch. The one guy I would look at and just scratch my head as to how the hell he's on the field is Paul Pogba. Pogba, to me, is the biggest liability on this French national team. He turns the ball over way too much, uh, advances when he shouldn't advance, creates mismatches all the time, odd man rushes. Uh, Even though I expect this game to be kind of like a a close-knit affair with 1-1, between Di Maria and Pogba, the amount of turnovers both players are going to have, they're going to create opportunities for both teams. So, uh, like I said, I, I'm picking a 1-1 uh, draw for the first 90 minutes. And, you know, I, you know, I like to say I'm confident in that pick, but because knowing the midfielders involved here, I know very well Pogba and Di Maria can screw this up and you got an odd man rush and it blows the game wide open. Uh, between Di Maria and Pogba, uh, they can very much screw this game up from a uh, over-under tally uh, for those uh, betting that way. 
but uh, in terms of the matchup itself, like I said, I think this ends up being a 1-1 draw. I, I think both teams have not shown the consistency uh, to pull away in this one, uh, especially once that first goal gets scored. I, I think uh, uh, the other team is going to try to play a little bit more defensive, and then you're probably going to see another goal happen just because they can't play a little more defensive because they they're turning the ball over too much. But anyway, that's the way I kind of look at it. Uh, you know, 1-1 draw for the first 90, and I think it goes to penalties uh, upon which uh, France advances over Argentina. But uh, this should be an interesting game to watch. Just from the star power alone, everyone's going to be focused on Lionel Messi. Uh, you know, I-, I have not been that impressed with Messi uh, throughout the World Cup. He did show uh, he did show uh, the flash of the Leo Messi brilliance that we're used to seeing uh, against Nigeria in the opening uh, a few minutes. But like I said, uh, in terms of quality competition, I'm I'm very skeptical of what we're seeing out of Argentina here because again, this is not Argentina's best squad, but it's the squad Messi wants to play with, so that's what they're going with. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sold, uh, to be perfectly frank. Uh, I, I think uh, Aguero should be in here, uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I just, you know, there, 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 there are avenues that uh, can be explored here in, in the second half, uh, but, uh, you know, Aguero could be in there, uh, Iguain could be, uh, the Ibala, uh, but, but, you know, like I said, there are a number of areas where I can question uh, the, the, uh, the set lineup that uh, Argentina has. Uh, you know, France can bring on uh, Lamar off the bench. Uh, you know, France went out with an attacking squad. I just have my issues with Pogba being able to create a significant amount of chances without causing France to give up a number of other prime opportunities for Argentina here. So... Like I said, France should be able to win this game outright. I just don't think they will just because of the squad that they have set up. I think it's uh, a little bit too aggressive. Uh, so I think it keeps Argentina in it uh, without uh, uh, France uh, blowing them out completely. So, uh, like I said, France advances, but I think this is a very close game. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Strau have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Next up uh, on the slate for Saturday's matchups, you got Uruguay versus Portugal. Uh, you know, uh, in terms of qualifying stages, Uruguay uh, made uh, great work of uh, uh, their group stage uh, matchups in Group A. Uh, you know, they took care of business against Russia uh, as they needed to. I mean, the other competition they faced, I mean, Egypt was a mess. Uh, and, you know, the less said about Saudi Arabia, the better. 
Uh, I kind of look at this and uh, kind of say, you know, Uruguay has a very solid team. Portugal has not looked that impressive, even though I think they have one of the deepest squads in the tournament. And I, and I picked them as one of the favorites to win the tournament. Uh, they haven't really shown it. Uh, it was kind of disappointing how they ended the group stage. I mean, they, they could have easily been knocked out uh, by Iran uh, just on how that, uh, how that game ended. Uh, and Ronaldo getting away with uh, what could have been a red card. Uh, you know, there were lots of questions being asked of VAR and everything else in, involved with the World Cup tournament about preferential treatment to certain players. But with all that being said, uh, this is a very close matchup. I can make a case for Uruguay winning. I can make a case for Portugal winning. Uh, but in terms of the tournament, Uruguay hasn't uh, conceded a goal yet. Uh, everyone knows that Ronaldo had the opening round out jerk against Spain, uh, which, you know, the back, if you rewind everything, uh, as impressive as it was, Spain's defensive prowess has left quite a bit to be desired. So I'm not quite sure what we have on our hands here with Portugal. But uh, Luis Suarez uh, for Uruguay has been playing very well uh, to date. Uh, Edison Cavani, uh, always dangerous in the box. So this is going to be a very interesting test for Portugal here because I think if, uh, uh, in terms of the overall matchup, if Portugal can manage uh, the game... Uh, they should be able to find their way through, but I, I think this is one of those where uh, Portugal can't be trying to actively get the win. I, I think they're going to have to try to salt away and get a set piece and, and try to do it that way. I, I don't think uh, trying to do it against a run-up play is the best way of going about it because I think Uruguay can punish them on a counter. So in terms of the overall picks, uh, this uh, ends up being a, a bit interesting here because uh, – Uruguay's uh, plus uh, 197, Portugal's plus 173, uh, draws at plus 188. You know, uh, in terms of the bet here, if I was going to go with anything, uh, you know, I kind of look at the draw as the most reasonable, but, you know, that's why the, uh, the, uh, uh, the bet ranges are all over the place, because usually you, you get someone that's favored, but no one really wants to take a gamble here on it. I mean, even the over-under is uh, kind of based off of the Asian market total of 1.75. I mean, usually you get a 1 or one half or 2. Like, the 175 is like, uh, strictly Asian markets only, uh, Asian uh, style markets only uh, uh, going for the 75. But, um, yeah, this is an interesting one here. Uh, just because I could see this being another 1-1 game. And then it kind of comes down to uh, extra time or penalties where Portugal advances. Uh, that would be my pick, but I could make a case for either squad here. Uh, and that would set up a very interesting matchup between uh, Portugal uh, Portugal, and uh, uh, France, which, you know, a number of folks uh, would uh, wager say that could have been a, a finals matchup. Uh, I mean, to, to talk about how loaded uh, the side of uh, the left side of the bracket is for the uh, World Cup, you've got uh, between the eight clubs that are in it, I mean, you know, you kind of toss out Japan. So, really, seven clubs that are in it, well, actually, you should toss out Mexico as well. 
but it's like uh, it's like no one's really expecting anything out of Mexico or Japan. Uh, I know the Mexico fans are very upset to hear that, but you know no one's really expecting anything else out of them at this point. But you know you got ten titles and sixteen finals appearances between uh, the other squads that are in here uh, uh, for the World Cup. Uh, I mean uh, Belgium and uh, uh, hasn't been there, but Belgium at least uh, you would say. Uh, are very much contenders in the mix. But, I mean, it's a murderer's row between Uruguay, Portugal, France, Argentina, Brazil, and Belgium. I mean, it's... I mean, that's a that's a rough go of it. Uh, no matter how you slice it, uh, no one is necessarily uh, going to be pleased about it. That's why the English fans were so happy that England uh, managed to get on the right side of the draw by losing that third matchup against Belgium. Uh, I find it comical that they're very excited because I don't think England has an uh, easy go of it either because I think England could easily lose to Colombia. And I think uh, between Sweden and Switzerland, I think they could also lose to either one of those teams. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not entirely sold that England advances uh, uh, based off of... Uh, the tricky matchups that are in that bottom half of the right side of the draw. Because uh, while on the left side, you got 10 titles and 16 finals appearances, on the right side of the draw, you got two titles and three finals appearances. I mean, and basically the titles are from Spain. Uh, I mean, Spain is the prohibitive favorite to make the finals of the World Cup now based off of how the draws uh, worked out. Because uh, you got Spain playing Russia, you got Croatia uh, versus Denmark, and, uh, you know, in terms of matchups that are uh, nail, uh, basically going to be nail-biters, you got Sweden for Switzerland and, of course, the Colombia-England matchup. Uh, but, you know, I, I would uh, strongly say that uh, uh, we've got some interesting matchups on the left side of the draw. Right side of the draw seems to be a little bit more... Uh, by the numbers, but uh, let's uh, let's get into it uh, for the matchups on Sunday. So uh, you've got Spain versus Russia. You know the host country Russia has been lighting it up on in the tournament. I mean they scored eight goals in the first two matchups between Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Again, Saudi Arabia and Egypt very very much were disappointing competition uh, to say the least. Uh, but you know it is what it is. Uh, they qualified, uh, but. Uh, you know, once uh, Russia played against Uruguay, they got shut down easily and lost 3 nothing. Uh, I think that it kind of goes more along the same lines when they faced uh, top-tier competition. Now, Spain has been very much uh, lackluster on the defensive end. Sergio Ramos has been playing terribly. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But uh, at the end of the day, I think Spain... Uh, picks it up a bit. I think Spain handles Russia. Uh, I would say that, uh, it, you know, we'll get a couple of goals out of this one just because Russia's been playing in all-out attack style. So if they're going to go down, they're going to go down swinging. So I, I expect them to try to at least uh, go out and try to score as many goals as they can. I think Spain puts up uh, three three or four goals on them uh, just because of uh, how aggressive uh, Russia's going to attack it. Uh, Spain's uh, minus 164, uh, Russia's at plus 480. I mean, even as a host country, 
Uh, I, I just can't take uh, those odds for Russia. I think uh, Spain handles this one uh, relatively easily. Uh, I would take uh, the two and a half over uh, in terms of goals. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I just look at Spain, and I just think it's too strong of a squad overall uh, going up against Russia. Then on uh, the afternoon matchup on Sunday, you got Croatia versus Denmark. Interesting matchup here because... Uh, if you looked at Denmark's opening matchup and, I mean, just looking at how they, they played against Peru, you'd swear that uh, Denmark was going to f- end up finishing fourth in that group. Uh, you know, I, I give Denmark credit for turning it around because, uh, you know, they were not looking all that impressive, uh, to be perfectly frank. Uh, but, uh, you know... I, I look at this uh, matchup and I, and I would say that uh, uh, Croatia handling Argentina was uh, eye-opening to say the least. Uh, you know, even with uh, Croatia having Luka Modric in the midfield, uh, uh, just a standout player for many years uh, in the midfield uh, with Real Madrid, but uh, uh, I'm very much curious as to what uh, Croatia is going to be able to do on this side of the draw, uh, not having that much competition. Uh, they should be able to take care of Denmark. Uh, Denmark, even though uh, Christian Eriksen is a very creative uh, uh, player, I just don't think Denmark has overall team speed uh, to keep up with uh, elite level competition. Croatia is minus 117 as a favorite. Uh, Over under total is two. I, I kind of look at this as a game where Croatia probably just gets the opening goal and then shuts down the door, and Denmark's not going to be able to create any chances uh, for themselves. So I, I look at uh, Croatia uh, uh, just uh, taking care of business and uh, moving on past uh, Denmark. Then uh, we come into the Monday matchups. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, I, uh, yeah, basically you're going to have a matchup here uh, between uh, Brazil and Mexico. Uh, you know, my feeling here is Mexico had a very nice story. Are they actually good? No. I, I still see too many holes in Mexico's game. I, I think that they can get exploited on the back end. I think the midfield is, you know is uh, very much exploitable. Uh, Vela has uh, played well, but, you know, there are limitations to this. And, you know, once you get to a certain level, you're going to be up against it. I mean, Mexico's plus 560. Brazil's a minus 192 favorite. I I look at this and I'm saying, you know, I think Brazil beats them by more than a goal. Uh, So I would actually be leaning on the side of uh, Brazil minus... Uh, minus one, expecting at least so win by two or more goals uh, in this one. Uh, I, I just, you know, as good as Ochoa is in net for Mexico, I think he's their best player, so he can keep a minute. But I think Brazil, with their attacking options and the way Philip Coutinho's playing, I think uh, Brazil takes care of business against Mexico, and they they make it look uh, they make it look good. Uh, I, I don't think they play around with Mexico at all. I think they just take it to them. Uh, the afternoon matchup on Monday, you've got Belgium and Japan. Japan literally is here because of one of the most 
idiotic rules I can think of for a tiebreaker. Uh, Japan advanced over a better Senegal team. Senegal actually played very well in the group stage. Uh, better than I gave them credit for. But um, uh, Japan advanced on the premise that they had fewer yellow cards issued to them. Four yellow cards as opposed to Senegal having six yellow cards. Now, you could say that Senegal had their chance to advance by not taking care of business against Colombia. That's all true. Uh, well and true. Uh, you know, uh, Colombia won that matchup one nothing, and managed to not only win the group, but also uh, get past because uh, of uh, what happened. But, I mean, if you wanted the easiest matchup possible, to me, you take this matchup against uh, Japan. I... I you know, for everyone complaining about uh, what's going on with uh, the draws, I, I just look at this as the most favorable matchup. If you're looking at advance, it's just to get paired up against Japan. So uh, that's why I kind of question why England was so uh, uh, gung-ho about uh, losing that matchup against uh, uh, losing that matchup against uh, Belgium just because Yes, you have to go up against uh, Brazil in the quarterfinals, but, you know, I still think that it's possible that uh, you can beat Brazil in the quarterfinals uh, without running scared. Uh, to me, it's just one where uh, you, you kind of look at the situation and uh, take it for what it is. Uh, Belgium should easily advance over Japan. Uh, Japan plus 700. Uh Honestly, it could be even worse than that. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, Belgium uh, s scored nine goals in the group stage. I just think that they're going to route Japan. Uh, you know, Japan is very fortunate to be here. But uh, I, I just think that's going to be the biggest uh, lopsided matchup of uh, the knockout round stages. And that brings us to the Tuesday matchups between... Uh, so the morning matchup would be Sweden versus Switzerland. Again, this is a interesting matchup because I would say Sweden should be favored here and yet it looks as though Switzerland's slightly favored. Uh, Sweden's plus 200, Switzerland's plus 153. Uh, you know, I'm I'm legitimately uh, 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 questioning why Sweden's uh, not favored here because uh, you, you know, even though they lost to Germany, Sweden played well in the group stage. Uh, you know, they beat South Korea they handled Mexico, you know. They uh, they 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 played well. Uh, my thing is, uh, you know, Switzerland. They beat Serbia, but you know they weren't exactly impressive against uh, Costa Rica and Brazil. They should have lost that matchup given the amount of fouls that they had. But uh, you know, I, I'm very much. Uh, curious to see how that uh, game goes, but I would take Switzerland here. I, I, I mean, uh, Sweden here. Eesh. I'm talking about teams. <laughs> that's uh, wrong SWT, but um, I'm taking Sweden here over Switzerland uh, just because I, I think Sweden has a little bit uh, more of a well-rounded team, but you know, from a valuation standpoint, you know, if I'm picking an underdog, I'm picking, I'm picking Sweden. And I'm probably going to pick, uh, in, a, in our final matchup here, I'm probably picking Colombia against England. England's uh, 
favored at plus 110 to win in 90 minutes. But I'm not entirely sold that England has played up to their potential. And the fact that they openly talked about trying to tank this matchup, uh, uh, just given uh, the substitutions that both England and Belgium made, I got to think Colombia is going to use that as a motivation to get themselves fired up for this matchup. Uh, yes, Harry Kane's excellent. You got Deli Alley. You got a number of attacking options that you hear about in the Premier League, but I still look at this Columbia squad as a tricky matchup uh, for the Red Lions, and I'm not, I'm not exactly gonna uh, be shocked if uh, you see Columbia pull off the upset here. Uh, more likely, it, it ends up being a draw, and uh, Columbia advances. But I, I think overall, Columbia uh, advances in this matchup. I, I'm. I just thought it was a mistake for England to make it as public as possible that they wanted to match up against Colombia. But, you know, we're, we're going to see uh, how things pan out. So that does it for my preview of the World Cup knockout uh, stages um, matches for the round of 16. Uh, in terms of other news, uh, you had some development in NBA free agency with LeBron James opting out. I mean, there's ESPN for coverage of that wall-to-wall with NBA free agency. I just look at it as a stance of whether LeBron goes to L.A. or Cleveland, he's still going to be one of the top options uh, from a fantasy perspective, no matter who he's playing with, uh, given uh, uh, the season he had last year, uh, which was incredible. So uh, LeBron's motivated to beat the Warriors at any cost. Uh uh, whether or not he actually has uh, the proper hand to do so, that's an entirely different matter altogether. But uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna see where he ends up. Uh, the odds-on favorite has him with the Lakers at minus one fifty-five, uh, and then it's uh, staying in Cleveland's at plus two hundred. You know, I I still wouldn't count out uh, some of the other destinations uh, like Philly or Houston just yet. Uh, because it all kind of depends on how the Kawhi Leonard situation breaks, uh, where Kawhi Leonard gets traded to uh, as part of uh, the ultimate landing uh, spot for LeBron. Uh, just because I think LeBron is still trying to actively solicit who would actually be willing to play with him next year. And for everyone who's talking about how embarrassing it would be for everyone to turn down LeBron, uh, I'm sure there are more than enough free agents coming up in 2019 that would disagree and want to play with LeBron James. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, I, I just think it's a little bit overblown how much uh, NBA free agency gets talked about on some of the sports networks. But, uh, you know, it, it it's the modern-day reality that we live in that we're caring more about NBA free agency than we did for most of the NBA playoffs. All right, well, uh, we got the World Cup matchup uh, uh, between Argentina and France starting soon, so I'm going to sign off, but uh, have a good one, folks, and enjoy the matchup. It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought-after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. 
Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.